0: We have this illusion that by being really good at our jobs and by working really hard, it's going to get us promoted. I've found from experience that it doesn't. You've got to find a way of making people know that you're there to get to where you want to. Hello,
1: everyone. Thanks for joining us on the 52 Weeks to Me podcast. I'm Jacqueline Osborne.
0: And I'm
2: Erica Brooks
1: this podcast is a platform for men and women to share their challenges and lessons they face throughout their journey toward achieving greater life balance through the four pillars of health and, of course, prioritizing the number one asset, you.
2: Amazing. Let's get started.
1: Carolyn, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. We were just talking about how our initial intro session was well over six months ago. And I know life happens, but you are here and I am so excited to help get us started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: By the way, thank you very much for having me on uh, on the podcast. Really, really pleased. We have been talking about this for a little while. So a bit about me, Kenyan born and bred. Came to the UK at the age of about 18 or 19 to do my undergrad and took on a course in computing. It was a bit of a shock for me walking into class to find that I was the only girl in a class of 20 boys, having spent the last four years in a girls-only boarding school. So in the back of my head, I thought somebody was playing a joke on me because I did ask, where's all the girls? And for the next two years, there was no girls. There was just me. It was a bit isolating. It was a bit lonely. Culture shock as well. But despite all that, I did do quite well and graduated top of my class. Soon after graduating, I went on to the job market. uh, started my first job. And I have a funny story about that one because six weeks after starting, I got called to my manager's office and they told me it's not working out. And I looked at them and I thought, I've only just started, you haven't given me any training. But that was that. So I packed my bags, I was in floods of tears, I left, went home. I regrouped after that, applied for jobs and was very lucky to get another job after four weeks. That went well, I did well, climbed up the ladder. But underneath all that, what I was hiding was a constant fear and anxiety that somebody was going to find out that I was not apt to scratch. And I was working really, really hard, taking all the criticisms to heart. Well, criticisms or feedback from my managers on how I was performing really took that to heart and was really working hard, as I said, and really driving myself to the ground when I didn't need to. I started working with a manager who kind of noticed what I was doing, that I was going the extra mile and really putting a lot of pressure on myself. And we had a a little one-to-one and he kind of just said to me, chill out, you're doing great. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. After that, I kind of started to, to relax into the role and to start believing in myself again. That's been it for the last 15 years, really. And uh, in the last two years, I have been working as a transformational coach and advocate for women in tech, something I enjoy very much. And my mission is to see women succeeding and thriving in tech.
1: So you talked about your career and you talked about the recent, what I'm calling, shift to this advocate and coach what was the aha? what was the trigger? What made you go from the doing and you know working on yourself to ready to advocate and coach others?
0: Yes, so before that i was I was working as a database administrator, a job I really, really enjoy doing it It can be a lone warrior sort of job. you and your databases, You're kind of keeping your head down, working hard, you know it's it's you and the databases. I got asked to lead a team, which was very exciting because before I'd just been working working by myself. And I got asked to lead a team. So it was my desire to be a better leader and looking to see how can I better support my team? Because before that, I'd not had any leadership training. Through that, I I did sign up for a diploma in coaching. And as part of my practice, I needed to do so many hours of practice coaching sessions. And it so happens that a lot of the clients I was coaching were women in tech. And I was hearing the same story about what I had been hiding and what I was not aware of, which was the working really hard, not getting recognized, feelings of not being good enough not being listened to, not being heard, that I kind of really all going through the same thing and no one is talking about it. And it's, it's that that made me start posting on social media, LinkedIn in particular. And that was absolutely amazing because suddenly I had a tribe of women saying, yes, we need more of this. And then I started to be invited to, to give talks by women in tech groups. And I've worked with a couple of corporates as well, just talking about these issues. So it's it's been something I set out to do to support my team that has transpired to be something I never thought it would. And it's a really, really interesting space to be. So
2: you're a manager of a team at this point, and you know having gone through the experience of walking into a room and being the only woman there, is your team looking different over the years? Do you have more women that are coming in? Is your team disproportionately more women because you're aware of it and maybe more consciously looking for women to bring in and advocate for?
0: So my role has changed from what it was. I'm in a role whereby I don't have any people reporting to me but I have people working on a project that I manage. So I'm not quite in the, what's the word, in a hiring and firing function. What I would say though, is that in my experience and from what I see, we have more women, but they stay at a certain level. So there's always the next step up. So for example, we'll enter as grads And then we will go on to kind of like junior level, then medium level. And that's where a lot of the women are stuck. And it's always as if the next leap to senior level is just so high and they're not quite getting there. So if we were to look at, if we were to say like one to 10, so you'll find a lot of women being one to six. And then seven to 10, that leap is just really, really difficult. And that's been my view and experience.
1: Clearly, I appreciate this is your personal opinion, but it's also that of the individuals you've coached and had communications with. But why do you think that's the case? Why do you think that leap from six is so hard and so many women get, to use your word, stuck in the one through six?
0: Wow, that's an interesting one. I think a lot of us are quite aware of the challenge of diversity in tech, that we do not have enough women in tech, for starters. And then on top of that, we don't have a lot of senior women in tech. Industry aside... There is only so much we can do with regards to the industry, with regards to having organisations whereby they're really driving that conversation about, about having more women in senior leadership positions. When it comes to the individual, so women and men are very, very different. Women, for example, will look at a job description, could be for a senior leadership position. We will look at a job description and, and we will only do seven, I don't qualify, while a man will look at it and think, I can do five and a half, I can do it. There's almost this thing for women thinking, I need to tick all the boxes to actually have that role. When it comes to organisations, it's that recognition that actually the way men and women are viewing these job applications is very, very different. The other thing as well is... In my experience especially, was I worked with a lot of men and they would talk about football and they would go out for drinks after work. It's 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 the boyhood, the boyhood crowd. And sometimes there's that feeling of not fitting in. You know, I I don't watch football, for example, or I don't want to go to a pub with 10 men. So you miss out on that socializing where sometimes these conversations are taking place. And as we all know, people like to work with people they know, like, and trust. So if I know, like, and trust Bob, and Bob, we talk about football, we support the same team, then we've got that synergy going and we've got that trust going. So for a woman here who is not doing that socialising, of course she's going to miss out. And this is where I come about and talk about The importance of being visible in the workplace as women, because so many times we have this illusion that by being really good at our jobs and by working really hard, it's going to get us promoted. I've found from experience that it doesn't. Being good at your job is a given, that's what you were hired to do. But there's also other things you need to be doing, which is making sure that people know about you, people know about your work, so that. If there's a project coming about, they're going to say, oh, Carolyn, Carolyn can do that. I spoke to her about this idea. Let's give her that opportunity. There is a need for us to take responsibility for our own growth as well to get to that point. And something else as well, Jacqueline, we don't have enough women in those positions. So sometimes there's this feeling, if I see somebody that looks like me, it gives me that drive and that hope that I can do that too. And there's not enough women in those positions to kind of sponsor these women, mentor these women to be able to know how to get to those positions.
1: You said something, it just resonates so much with me. And I was once asked the question of how did you do it? How did you get so successful so quickly? And my answer was, I focused on delivery. Of course, like, I just did the job and I did it exceptionally well. And the the truth of the matter is, you're right is sometimes that's not enough. You know, we also tend to be this perfectionist is that we have to do our job and do it really, really well, almost perfect. How do we encourage women or, or anyone really to, to step off the treadmill and to realize it's not about perfection, but about that visibility and building those connections and sometimes stepping away from the day job or stepping away from your database and actually building those relationships are as, if not more important. How do we do that?
0: We raise awareness because as I said, someone told me your head down and do the job work really hard deliver do the job be the DBA the best DBA there is out there but what it did is it kept me being the best DBA <laughs> because I was so good at it that so when a position came about to do something else it was like oh we can't we can't lose Carolyn Carolyn is really good at what she does so of course they were not aware that I could be in front of a client for example that I could do presentations, for example, though I'm not aware of that because I was very much keeping my head down. So raising that awareness to say, look, do you have to do your job? That's a given, you have to do your job. But outside that, especially if you want to do other things, if you want to do more than what you're doing now, then you do need to become visible. And and surprisingly, some people don't know that, or they don't know how to do it, or they may be scared. So so fear comes about quite a lot because if you think about visibility and if we talk about not knowing enough, then you think, how can I be visible and I don't know enough? They'll think I'm not smart. They'll think I'm incompetent. They'll think all sorts of things. So there's a real need for courage to say, I'm stepping into something I don't know very much about. I'm not an expert. I'm not perfect. But through that, I'm going to learn. And it's just to take that risk and show yourself and make yourself visible.
2: I tell my team regularly, I want them to be just uncomfortable enough where they're still sleeping, but they wake up and they're like, ooh, this feels a little bit, because that's when you're getting challenged, right? You're really stepping out. And we're thinking about people that keep their heads down and they're working in their databases, for example, and then all of a sudden you're encouraging them to stick their head up, volunteer for opportunities and engage socially with people. That's a lot of different boundaries you're pushing all at once. And, you know, when we think about this in the, the current landscape and the one we've had for the past almost two years, people aren't in a situation where they can just go to the kitchen or go to the water cooler and strike up a conversation about what's going on, what are you working on, what are you trying to do next? So how do you encourage people to be visible? What does that actually look like for people?
0: So going to my example of being the loan database administrator, okay, I'm going to be working on projects with other teams. There's going to be a project manager in there. There could be the project sponsor in there. So these are people that have got influence. These are people that are going to see me and may make a difference towards my growth. So if I'm in a meeting, for example, contribute, say what I think, challenge. Things like that, as opposed to going to the meeting and not saying a single word, especially as as we know on Zoom, if you've got so many people on the call, you don't actually know who's on the call. It's very difficult. It's very easy to get lost, you know, if there's just two or three or four people taking, it, you know, just doing all the talking. It's very difficult. So actually speaking up, I always say speaking up is the easiest way to become visible especially in a meeting you're the expert in there and you have been invited to that meeting because you have something to say and meetings are the easiest ways in which we can make people know that we're there that we know what we're talking about or we can ask questions as I talked about challenging or clarification so all sorts of things meetings are absolutely the easiest thing to do and something else as well is Now that some people are not going to the office, for example, I know that there's some companies that are having virtual Friday evenings. They'll meet for a cup of coffee or some companies are doing coffee breaks. So it's kind of to get involved in those. And for me, it kind of feels like there's a bit of safety because you're behind the camera as opposed to meeting people face to face, which can be a bit daunting. So for me, it kind of feels like there's there's that sort of security because you're sat in your house you're in the comfort on your ha- of, of your own house. But definitely encourage that as well, just to get to know to know people in that way.
1: So we're really big on benefits. And I suspect our listeners might be thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I, I could speak up a meeting. It's not going to work. What do you see as the indicators or the signs that it's working? Because I suspect it doesn't just one day you get a promotion. So how do we encourage the our listeners who are going to take these steps to start speaking in meetings, to be more present, to build the relationships? What are the indicator and signs that it is working and to remain
0: consistent? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I hear a lot is people say that they're not taken seriously. And that is really, really personal, and that hurts, especially when you know your stuff and you speak about something or you say something and no one is actually taking any notice. So I would say, if you're brave enough, show up, speak up, because it's going to have a positive effect on you as well, because in speaking up, in giving your opinions, you're going to start to be seen as the, the go-to person. And I know that is really, really important for a lot of people. And if you're the go-to person, then when a project comes up, it's going to be Carolyn can do that. And then it's just a cascading effect because Carolyn can do that, give her that project. And... Other opportunities as well. It could be, it could be there's there's an opportunity which you haven't done before and and you get asked to do that as well. The best thing for me as well is that that feeling of confidence starts coming back, that feeling of I belong. I'm I'm being listened to because I know what I'm talking about. For me, that's kind of like the most important thing when it comes to that feeling of belonging, that feeling of I know my stuff.
1: It's reminding me of something that I posted it as a quote, but it really resonated and it was believe in yourself because others already do. And it's that moment of self-compassion because sometimes we are our own worst critics and that confidence to, to just have the ability and the confidence to speak up. Is a huge step in the right direction, because you know that act as if you know if you believe in yourself you you will be perceived that way. that's really what I was hearing in in what you were saying, and that's so powerful
0: yes 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 definitely it really it really starts with you because all the all the other stuff is gonna come because you're really starting to believe in yourself and as I've mentioned about the courage to be vulnerable and show up even when you feel like I don't know whether I'm right. But having the courage to say, hey, what do you mean about this? Then your confidence really starts to grow and people start to notice you because there could be somebody sat there next to you thinking, oh, thank God, Carolyn asked that question because I didn't know. And it may lead to more conversations as well, just based on that one question that you've asked. So I want to ask
2: a question about something that I heard you saying too, and I'm asking this from experience, so that's going to be a little bit colored. Sometimes when you do a lot of really good work and you keep getting nominated for more work, all you really get is more work. How do you make sure that there's the recognition and the reward that comes with the performance that you're looking for and you're not just an increase
0: workload? That's a really interesting one because I had a manager who was absolutely brilliant and he said something to me that sounded very unconventional and he said Carolyn you've got to find a way to make yourself redundant and I said what do you mean make myself redundant and he said what I mean by that is to be very good at your job and to make use of all the people around you that report to you and empower them so much that if you're not in the office, no one knows that you're not there. Yeah. And that was so empowering because where I was before, I wanted to do everything. So if somebody said, Carolyn, can you do this? I've got 10 other things to do and it's Friday, four o'clock. And I'll say, yes. And I just took more and more and more on. Now, for me, obviously, there was something else underneath going, going, you know, which was like, if I don't take any more work, they'll think I'm incapable. They'll question why they hired me. So by him saying, make yourself redundant, that means delegate. And how many times as leaders do we fail to delegate and we end up doing people's work instead of doing our own strategic work, which is... How can we automate things? How can we move in a better direction? How can we be more productive? So that was that was really interesting because I did use that strategy and I asked for what I wanted and I got it. So I didn't stay where I was. And something else is about having boundaries because if you don't have boundaries, then the work is just going to keep coming on and coming on and coming on and just really being honest and saying, what's the priority here? because sometimes everything is number one priority. So just really having that honest conversation and saying, what's the priority here? What do you want me to do first? Because there's only one of me. And lastly, asking for what you want. Because so many times we find ourselves thinking, they're going to know what I want. But you haven't actually said, I want that next step up. This is where I want to be two years from now. And if you're stuck in the doing, keeping your head down with if you're not, Told anybody what you want to do and you're just stuck doing the day-to-day stuff
1: I, I absolutely love that and I know it's hard for us perfectionists and us overachievers and us control freaks you know to think wait you mean me not doing is actually going to lead to more and it's like yes Actually, that is the case. <laughs> you know, there's only 24 hours in a day, which means there's only 10 hours in a work day. Assuming you're going to sleep and eat a little bit, you you can't do more. But if you build a tribe and you can influence others, you can do a lot more.
0: You can, and a lot more interesting stuff. And you can actually be driving the direction of whatever it is because you're thinking at a higher level then, and not just having your head down doing the operational things. I hate
1: to do it. But as always, I seriously, I, I, it's like these hours go so quickly. Our time is coming to a close. So I am going to wrap us up. If you could recommend one book and if you can give us one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: I do a lot of reading. So I can't quite, you know, just just give you one book. But what I would say is there's a quote by somebody called Giovanni that I really, really do like. And it goes along the lines of you've got to find a way of making people know that you're there and do it in whichever way. So that people know that yeah, Carolyn is here, Jacqueline is here, Erica is here to get to where you want to.
2: Fabulous. And the last question for you is how can everyone find you online?
0: Okay. So my LinkedIn handle is Carolyn Adagala. That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-A-D-A-G-A-L-A. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you and you can follow my content on there as well.
1: Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your journey with us. It has been absolutely eye-opening and insightful. And I really hope our listeners get as much as we
0: did today. Thank you very much both for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoy participating in the conversation.
2: Now your homework is to be sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you thought about today's discussion. And of course, find us online, 52weeksofme.net, with the number 5 and the number 2, and an Instagram at 52weeksofme, spelled out. Again, we love emails, so email us at 52weeksofme, spelled out, at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you all soon. Bye.
0: Bye!